5: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
6: We are here in the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. Appreciate you spending the time with us and want to get right into it now with someone I'm sure many of you are quite familiar with. Dr. Oz is with us. He is running right now in the great state of Pennsylvania for Senate. He's a Republican candidate uh, in that state, and you all know him from TV and being a doctor and all that good stuff, Doctor Oz. Thanks for being with us.
1: Blessed to be with you. My brothers in law are avid listeners, so I'm, I get to show off to them today, which is hard to do in our family. Well,
6: that's fantastic. They clearly have very good taste, Doc. So, <laughs> tell us uh, why. I mean, for a lot of folks, you know, the, the most basic question before they're running for anything is the is the why. But you know, you're a, you're a celebrity, you're a, a doctor, and also a you're a doctor who plays one on TV too because you are one. Um, why are you getting involved in this?
1: too many days looking around at the walls and wondering, there must be cameras watching me. The country's in such a crisis and no one seems to really be addressing elements of it and especially got bad during COVID. I'd noticed it before, but since I knew medicine well, I could see mistakes made that were absolutely intolerable and yet we stifled discussion. People who had better ideas were not given the opportunity to speak. It's one of the reasons I've asked for Dr. Fauci to resign. i challenged him to a debate. I, I think that his desire to to be the one and only solution for everything COVID has led to him helping cancel physicians, Nobel laureates, doctors, uh, and scientists who had ideas that I think could have contributed and eased the pain of so many during COVID. I also witnessed firsthand errors in, in how we managed the pandemic with regard to mandates, where we took a you know a, a meat cleaver to American civil liberties and our ability to actually you know be, be, to be independent. And individualism should drive those decisions, not government top-down authoritarian mandates.
2: Dr. Oz, appreciate you coming on with us. I'm curious what you think when you see on Monday Joe Biden walking, wearing a huge mask as he crosses the White House lawn. And then last night during the State of the Union, there's basically no mask to be seen. He's shaking hands. He's headbutting people, believe it or not it's such a bastardization i would imagine of the science argument to have one day a guy walking around outdoors with a mask on the next day he's hugging and, and shaking hands and everything else how frustrating is that to see as a doctor and recognize how poor of a job in many ways our government has done explaining risk analysis and covid you know
1: I, what's what's sh- shocking to me is they with the hypocritical tone say we're following the science and what they're really doing is following the political science. This is all theater. It has been theater for quite a while. We see that when we look at red states versus blue states and their outcomes. But over the past two months there has been a slow easing of these mandates in blue states and especially over the last few weeks because they realize people have had it. I mean, you can only be dishonest to a certain degree, and people, even in your own party, begin to revolt. And what you're describing is a classic example of leaders who are making draconian decisions about what people should suffer through but not living through those same restrictions themselves. Restated, people with big backyards told people with no backyards early in the pandemic to stay indoors, and that's exactly where the virus was. So literally, not only were these authoritarian moves harmful indirectly because they lead to deaths of despair, but they were directly harmful. They didn't help us. They actually made things worse. And you can most clearly see this with kids. What society, what self-respecting people use their children as shields? We closed our schools down and never opened them in many parts of the country for such a long period that we may have caused irreparable harm to those kids. Yet early on I said, geez, the Europeans, they're keeping their schools open. Do they love their kids more than we love our kids? What's going on here? And I think those are the kinds of decisions, once made, they were unwilling to backtrack on. And then it's evolved into this, you know, I believe in science uh, maneuvering, which is just, first of all, I believe in God, right? Science is a tool. I'm a scientist, a doctor. I use science to help save lives. But it's something that's supposed to be challenged, supposed to be improved on. And we did not allow that to happen. And COVID is just an example, the same maneuvering, the same approach, has been going on for quite a while. I lived through it on my show. I would take on government issues frequently and get beaten back. At least they try to, and I'd be, a, you know, I um, at porcupine about these issues, continue to strike back until we finally get the truth out there. But forget about COVID for a second. What's happening in energy policy, which directly led to what's happening in Ukraine? What's happening in our school system, where we don't let parents and at least their values get shared with the kids? Well. teachers are indoctrinating our kids with values that don't agree with ours. We see this at the border when you have false narratives and the true story of a a cartel-run human trafficking operation doesn't actually reach the front pages. These are the kinds of things that bother us. And I'll end with China, because the real existential threat here is China. They've eaten our lunch, they steal from us, take advantage of us, they cheated everything, and they're watching Putin very carefully. And Xi's saying, I can't believe Putin got away with this much already. As horrible as it is, He's thinking, well, maybe I'll do the same thing with Taiwan. 10% of the world's semiconductors, 85% of the high quality ones, all of it at risk because they see us as weak.
6: We're speaking to Mehmet Genghis Oz. Dr. Oz, I hope I got that uh, almost correct. Dr. <laughs> Oz, as you all know him from TV, he's a surgeon, a health care advocate, and running for Senate in uh, Pennsylvania. He's in the Republican primary right now. So with that in mind, Dr. Oz, how would you describe your political philosophy? Are you a conservative? Have you always been? Are you a more recent convert? I mean, what, what should people know about what's your core, what's your foundation of politics is?
1: I'm a conservative Republican, always have been. When I was eight years of age, my father, who was an immigrant who came here legally because the United States was recruiting physicians, told me we were Republicans. I asked him why, and he says, because they have better ideas. The realities of life are Republican. So my first election was 1980 for Ronald Reagan, who I voted for, and I'm proud to have voted for Republicans. Uh, and I believe the Republican Party represents what conservative thought could be. Not all Republicans are conservative, but I am. And I feel strongly that the issues that galvanize me, and you know, I'm pro-life, pro-Second Amendment in a big way. Every law-abiding American citizen ought to be allowed to own a firearm of their choice. These are all issues that um, are uh, important here in Pennsylvania. And if you take it to the next step, what I really want to do is protect my children and your children. It's one of the reasons I decided to, you know, close the show. By the way, I I burned the boats, right? I, when you when you when you go into politics and you have a uh, you're hosting a syndicated network television show, you're not allowed to air that show because it's unfair because you're everywhere. And so I I shut the show down, shut the magazine down, did all the things that I thought was right because I feel so passionately about this. And as a conservative, I know that some of the mistakes we've made. Uh, are affecting our kids in ways that it will be more difficult to re- to re- to, uh, to improve because if the kids are are taught to be Marxists, then they're not going to understand the very foundations of what what conservatism represents.
2: You mentioned that show. I'm I'm kind of curious about this. How much money did you walk away from? I like the burn the boats analogy. How much money did you walk away from to run for political office, where obviously, unless you're Joe Biden's family, you don't typically get super wealthy from it already. But I, you had to have a highly successful show. I, I'm just really intrigued by a decision like that because you're turning away probably tens of millions of dollars to be able to run for a political office.
1: That's the exact amount I walked away from. And so listen, t- I've been blessed yeah,
2: I mean, that's, that's a really interesting discussion, right? Because there's a lot of people out there. You were saying, hey, I could make tens of millions of dollars, but I care so much about these issues that I'm willing to walk away from that money.
1: You know how deflating it is to sit in your safe little studio, air-conditioned, lots of people pampering you, uh, or in the operating room because I still take care of patients, and you know it's pretty safe there if you're not the patient, <laughs> and witness your country falling apart. What's the point of making a couple extra zeros of money when what has allowed my family to thrive and prosper, which is the generosity, wisdom, and strength of America, is being torn down, torn asunder, because people feel we are so irredeemably stained that the only way to fix us is to break us asunder into little pieces and then rebuild us with their toxic ideology. And I refuse to stand by and watch that happen. And it's okay if it doesn't work out. You know, when, when hopefully years from now, uh, I try to live a healthy lifestyle, even on the campaign trail uh, and diner food. It, uh, years from now, when I passed away, on my headstone, I wanted to read heart surgeon, TV host. If it happens to say senator, that's great, too. I don't intend to go there and live in Washington the rest of my life. I'm trying to do an intervention to help. Dr. Oz, uh, I should so have
6: probably asked you at the create. top, uh, given the news cycle right now, if you had a chance to watch some or all the State of the Union address, and what you're feeling is, as somebody who wants to get into this fight, about the current White House and the regime that's been calling the shots the last year and year or so.
1: I was not impressed by the State of the Union. Of course, I watched it. I watched the Republican response as well. Uh, it's disappointing that Joe Biden painted a vastly different picture of his first year in office than the disaster that's being experienced by the vast majority of Americans. You go. I do these big town halls here in Pennsylvania. Uh, no one here thinks that's what's going on. We're worried about the record inflation we're experiencing. Gas prices, obviously, at eight year high. I did a TikTok video, by the way, on gas prices. that got two million views almost immediately. TikTok took it down, which again, is part of the and that bothers me so much. I put it back up again, because I've got 13 million people on social media, so I wanted to say, well, why are they taking it down? Now it has seven and a half million views. But why would I not be able to mention the reality of what the average American is suffering through right now? And these are issues that are addressable. Our energy policy makes zero sense. Uh, if you especially if you look at the Ukraine, we should be Joe Biden yesterday in the State of the Union should have designated key oil and gas projects in our country to be critical infrastructure for national security and then do everything to protect those those efforts, because right now no one's going to get the natural gas off from under my feet in Pennsylvania, although we could power the whole country for a century and ship it to our European allies to free them from the uh, the yoke of Russia.
2: Dr. Oz, do you think that Oprah would vote for you if she were living in Pennsylvania?
1: I don't know. She's, uh, you know, I talked to her before I uh, ran. I just informed her. Um, I asked her not to get involved because it's the right thing to do, and she agreed. So I have no idea. I think she'd have to, like everybody else in Pennsylvania, weigh what I'm saying, compare it to everybody else, and make the best choice of her ability. But the one thing I'm sure is that she would vote.
2: Um, the other thing I was going to say about that is you came. We talked a little bit about you coming out of the television studio and running for political office. You're a beloved guy. You know, when you're the doctor who's trying to get everybody to be healthy. I mentioned to Oprah, you have a great relationship with them. You mentioned the millions of followers you have. And then you step into a fray where people start throwing punches at you. How much different does that feel than what you were doing beforehand, where you're sort of a non-ideological doctor figure who everybody kind of uh responds to in a favorable way and then you step in and you start get taking slings and arrows so to speak how has that been an adjustment for you
1: you know it's going to surprise you it's a very cathartic process you don't have to pretend uh that you're and you know re- refrain your re- from saying things because you know people are going to get all upset about it you can say exactly what you're thinking people are going to vote based on that and you are the person you are so for me it's been incredibly freeing i love my show i love talking about health but when i got frustrated about for example what uh, fauci was doing leading our public health response uh, i tried to say things but after a while people you know they don't want you saying those things and you've got incredible pressures uh, to make sure you stay within a little cordon limit, which is why I know what it's like for corporate America right now. They don't want to get involved. I'm here to say you have to get involved. Be a patriot. Stand up for what you know is right. Say what you see at these town halls. That's my one plea. You know, I think you'd vote for me if you came and listened, because if you heard me speak, you'd want to be part of our campaign effort. But no matter what, just say what you're seeing, because if you don't and no one else does, we're going to believe all this woke ideology that's suffocating our brains.
6: Dr. Oz.com. Dr. Oz is running for the Senate, folks, in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz, appreciate it, sir. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for making me a hero to my brothers-in-law.
6: God bless you. <laughs> Thank them for listening for us. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we'll come back to more on the situation in Ukraine. And also, uh, Clay, there was some audio of DeSantis and oh, masks that just broke. It's so good. great. We'll get to it coming up here. You need to hear it. But on 9-11 and 2001, 2,977 people were killed in terrorist attacks on American soil. The lives of those individuals and their families will be forever remembered. The family of one of those lost that day, the Siller family, started the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They've been joined by you and millions of Americans in supporting America's heroes and their families ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind... Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family stability for severely injured veterans and first responders. Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our most severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. And now through Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. Our nation's heroes, people who put their lives in line for our country and communities need your help. Help these heroes and their families join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, torg
7: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
0: Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Dr. Oz, pretty uh, good job there. That's going to be a battle royale in the state of Pennsylvania. I think their Democrat side also has got a ton of different people running. Republican side as well uh Where I don't think it's going to be a battle royale, state of Florida. Buck and I are going to be down in the state of Texas tomorrow. Uh, but we have uh, been, uh, both of us, a lot of time in the state of Florida. Ron DeSantis obviously running for reelection. And he was showing up for an event at USF, the University of South Florida, down in the Tampa area. And uh, there were kids waiting behind him who were wearing masks. And this is not even as the event is beginning. This is as Ron DeSantis is walking up off the mic, talking to the kids, all with masks on behind him. Listen to
4: this. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this bogus theater. So, if you want to wear it, fine, but this is a, this is
6: ridiculous. This is the exactly correct attitude yes. to mask wearing now. Take the dumb masks off kids adults seniors everybody take them off if you insist on wearing them it's one thing i mean clay i'm getting we're going down to houston I, You know i've never been to houston before we'll talk it. Oh, it's about a great town back. i think you're gonna I'm have excited. a good time uh, i've spent a lot of time in dallas and when i tell houstonians that they're like well why don't you oh, come- there's a big rivalry oh, big rivalry like, between houston and dallas why don't you come to the best city in texas instead of and i'm like oh look i don't even you know i'm i'll see we'll see who has the best barbecue we'll see about this rodeo this weekend so uh But anyway, the reality here is you have people. We're going to I'm going to be on a plane. You're going to be on a plane, too. We're going to be masking up on that plane. Unfortunately, not a single person on the planet would win a debate with me or you about how stupid it is to mask up on planes. Not one, because it is demonstrably idiotic. Well, I think it's also demonstrably an incredibly
2: difficult argument to even make if you watch the State of the Union last night. Even Democrats inside of an enclosed building, even old Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, who are by far under the greatest risk from COVID, were not wearing masks. So how can you have watched last night's State of the Union and in any way argue that you need to have a mask on for an airplane flight? That There's no argument at all. And I wished that Joe Biden was going to make that announcement last night. If he had wanted to actually make news, he didn't really make any news with any of the pronouncements from his State of the Union address. He could have said, hey, and I'm telling the CDC that it's time to go do away with the mask mandate. I don't know, when is it up again? Like March 15th or March 18th or something, I believe, I'm not mistaken. I don't know how they can justify extending it at this point in time when all 50 states, even Hawaii, has now done away with their mask requirements uh, to enter that island uh, state.
6: Masking is pure political tribalism at this point, folks, and hysteria-based. Don't you wish fixing your car was simple? It's important to do, but repairs can be complicated and expensive. Cars today have a lot of electronics. Something's going to break. That's why we recommend you have a protection plan through CarShield. Whether your car is brand new in the past year or it's aging nicely with some 100 plus miles on it, CarShield has monthly coverage plans for all budgets. They make it so easy to get your car fixed. When you need covered repairs, you choose the mechanic you trust and CarShield administrators take care of the rest. CarShield has helped millions of drivers. That's why they're America's number one auto protection company. And getting coverage is as easy as one, two, three. There's no reason to replace your car, particularly if you love it. Get covered by CarShield. You won't have to replace yours. Go to CarShield.com slash Clay and Buck or call 800-391-8888 to save 10% on your plan. That's 800-391-8888. You'll save 10% on a plan or go to CarShield.com slash Clay and Buck. A deductible may apply.
2: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We have moved into the month of March. Buck, you, when's the last time you filled out a bracket for the NCAA tournament?
6: I've never you even fi- know what I'm talking about. I've never filled out a bracket. You've never
2: NCAA. filled never. out an NCAA tournament bracket? No, no not never. even when you were a kid. No, I, it's rare that my. I wish there was video of my jaw just dropping like this. I would. I would bet ninety-seven percent. 98% of our audience has filled out an NCAA tournament bracket at some point. Even if it's just, Hey, here's a $10, you know, here's a bracket, go fill it out, $10 uh, challenge at your place of work. Maybe when you were a kid in school, I know when I was a kid, teachers, we used to fill out the brackets. And if you won, you got like a pizza gift certificate or something. I am, I am legitimately
6: in disbelief that you've never filled out an NCAA bracket. I mean, I, I think it's just not as, common in the northeast because we don't have a huge ncaa march madness i'm not gonna i'm here. not gonna let you get i went to school in the northeast every kid i knew was doing bracket challenges went to they're school online in the mid-atlantic Atlantic, sir that's
2: GW, it's all i went to george washington for people who don't know it's all northeastern kids it's all long island kids all philly kids uh i, I yes they have like geographic diversity now a little bit Play more the-
6: but it's a very northeastern school. This will not be news to the audience that Buck is a strange duck. So here we go. <laughs> I just
2: I I I am in dis Where's Allie? Has everybody else on the show? Surely even. Have Allie you guys all I'm asking
6: every oh we got I got both of our producers here in New York, Mojo and Mike. I mean, I'm sure producer Mark, who's who loves sports, has probably filled out brackets every year since he could write. But I mean, both our producers here never have brackets. they've never what? filled it out. Both of them never filled it out. They just told me right here, right now. Mojo and Mike, no brackets.
2: I am, I I, I am, I am, indi- the reason I was just bringing this up because we're now into March and March Madness is basically our unifying symbol of excellence for everywhere but this studio, evidently, where the majority of people have never filled out brackets. Hey, here's what I want you to do. If you are as stunned by this revelation as I am, just tag at Buck Sexton at Clay Travis on Twitter and let me know because I feel like I'm in disble. I, I I I can't even conceptualize. My kids, my seven year old, has already filled out a bracket. I mean, their dad did found a sports network. <laughs> well, I mean, you
6: know, the, to be
2: fair, sports media company. That's yeah. true. They're probably on the in the high end percentile for sports knowledge based on young kids. But all right, so we're gonna have to come back to this. The reason I was gonna bring it up is. I am booked to be out in Vegas, which is one of the great experiences of being a sports fan, the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament in Vegas. Uh, and I was just thinking about that as we came back from March Madness. Um, and, uh, and 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 I just am still floored that you've never filled out a bracket. So I'm going to have to explore this in further detail. In fact, uh, thousands of you, according to what I've heard, are going to be at our event in Houston. I want all of you to come up who are listening right now in Houston and let buck know if you are as stunned as i am that he has never filled out a uh, a bracket challenge i don't even remember what w- what were we planning on talking about otherwise i was going to bring us in and we were going to talk about uh, the border the border we're yes. going down to houston.
6: yes the the important thing clay yes. not the
2: brackets i bet most of the border agents down there by the way i bet some of the illegal immigrants have even filled out bracket challenges before uh i will tell you that we're going to be down in houston which is closer to the border than where both of us are right now and I'm sure that there were many things that stunned a lot of you who watched the State of the Union address. But Joe Biden suddenly coming out in favor of border security was one of the more jaw-dropping, nowhere near as much jaw-dropping as Buck not finishing out a bracket, but one of the more jaw-dropping revelations of the State of the Union. Listen to this. If
4: we're to advance liberty and justice, we need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. And as you might guess, I think we can do both. Provide a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those with temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Revise our laws so businesses have workers they need and families don't wait decades to reunite. It's not only the right thing to do, it's economically smart thing to do. That's why the immigration reform is supported by everyone from labor unions to religious leaders to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Let's get it done once and for all.
6: You know who doesn't support immigration reform, and by that they always mean amnesty? The American people, by solid majority, whenever polled, they do not support amnesty for illegal immigrants. Certainly not in advance of a truly secure border and a willingness to enforce the law in the interior of the U.S., not just at the border. That's one of the biggest places the Biden administration has broken down on this, and and purposefully so the non enforcement in the us interior they are literally as we all know flying people to new york chicago other places across the country from the us mexico border illegal immigrants are being flown taxpayers on the on the the hook for this all over the country so every state effectively becomes a border state in that situation they do not enforce in the us interior you had 1.6 1.7 million Known, they keep calling them encounters, Clay. That's a nice way of saying illegal crossings, because if you show up at the Tijuana-San Diego border with a passport saying, I want to come into America at the appropriate border uh, station, that that's not an encounter. They're not counting those. They're counting people that are coming into the country illegally. Biden speaking about securing the border is the arsonist claiming to be a firefighter. I mean, this is outrageous. This is absurd. His administration is openly in the policies they pursue, open borders.
2: Well, this is, Buck, if you look at the data and trust the polling, basically the weakest point for all Democrats, which is why when I watched the State of the Union last night, I felt like Biden was making a calculated attempt to repudiate the left wing of his party. Now, I don't buy it. You don't buy it. I imagine most of our listeners do not. But when he came out and he said, that he wanted to fund the police, not to defund the police, when he tried to argue that COVID isn't a partisan issue, even though, by the way, he's made it a total partisan issue. And this maybe surprised me the most, Buck, in addition to saying he was going to secure the border. You know what he didn't mention even one time? January 6th. He's back on Capitol Hill. What if the Democrats spent a year... Focusing on obsessively January 6th, the threat to our democracy. Biden himself has made many speeches about this. He didn't even mention it. Why was that? I think because the polling on January 6th is not good. Most regular people out there like, yeah, you know what? It was a riot. We had an entire year of riots from 2020, the summer, all the way up through the election. And we wish riots didn't happen, whether you're a Democrat, Republican or an independent But Democrats have wildly overplayed their hand in trying to argue this is an insurrection and that the country was thorough,
6: was actually threatened by what happened on that. day. That's true. And it's also true that Trump is not we know this for sure is not going to be on the ballot in the midterms. Yes. And if you are thinking about independence, if you're thinking about who is going to show up and vote, people can figure out that when you're the party in power, you have a majority in the House, you have a de facto majority in the Senate, you have the White House, President Biden. Uh, When you're trying to make it about someone who no longer holds elected office, nor is running, it's pathetic. It's too obvious. So at least for the midterms, if Trump runs again, obviously you're going to see a lot of January 6th talk from the Democrats. But going into what are elections determining uh congress senate obviously also a lot of state uh, state level elections too to focus on the insurrection and trumpism is just effectively for anyone who can see who can read between the lines a little bit um is just an admission that they the democrats are not doing a good job and have no real plan or policy to speak of it's just what about trump what about trump when he's not even running doesn't work so well it's a tough sell It is. Uh,
2: As we come back, close out the show, Wednesday edition, get ready for our trip down to Texas. But I got to tell you, Buck and I are both Pure Talk customers. We've told you how much we enjoy Pure Talk's cell service, but listen to what other Pure Talk customers have to say. This is what Douglas from Indiana had to say. I finally made the change to Pure Talk after hearing it advertised on the radio. It's cut my phone bill in half. Customer service, helpful and friendly. I've recommended it to my friends. And he says what he values most is paying for service he needs and not for the things he doesn't want. And not paying for woke agenda items. Amen to that. You can kick Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile to the curb. Only pay for the service you need and want. Like unlimited talk tech, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk, And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. You can be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. How do you do it? Grab your phones in your hand. Dial pound 250. Say Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless.
3: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Clay and Buck Show closing it out today. But before we let you go, reminder, check out the Clay and Buck podcast. First hour, we had Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman from Colorado, who got a lot of attention, a lot of heat, uh, but isn't backing down one inch in the aftermath of the State of the Union address. If you missed that, go check it out. Please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Everyone's checking out those numbers. And we hope to set new records this coming month. So that will be fantastic if we do. And then I got a question for all of you. And that is, where is tiny Fauci? Is he hiding in a drawer somewhere at the CDC? Has he fallen into a thimble and is now yelling out that everyone still needs to be masking up? Why aren't you all wearing masks? I'm just wondering how it's possible that suddenly... They announced this for the State of the Union that all these mask mandates are going away. And little Fauci, the mask fundamentalist, disappears somewhere. I mean, I know he's easy to lose in a crowd, but where did he go, Clay? He's been on every media outlet except this one
2: for basically two straight years. He'll go talk to anybody's podcast. I mean, this guy is the number one guest. He was on basically every morning show, it feels like, for... The last two years, you haven't been able to escape him. He's, every time I look up, he's on CNN or MSNBC telling you about how you're all going to die and uh, how important it is for you to you know, uh, go get your eighth booster. And all of a sudden, in what is fairly significant CDC activity, starting on Friday, ending masking and effectively last night, State of the Union, nobody's wearing a mask. Every state, even now, including Hawaii, California, Washington and Oregon states that have lost their minds. New York, New York City, all these places doing away with their mask mandates. I saw where Philadelphia is letting their kids now not have to wear masks anymore. All these places and Fauci isn't to be heard from at all. And again, I don't know who ordered the code red. I don't know who in the Biden White House walked in and said, guys, our polling numbers are are absolutely atrocious, but somebody did, and that code red got ordered, and they basically kicked Fauci right out of any media ap- appearances, and they since then have totally pivoted in every direction. Buck, it is it is like light switch like you know you're sitting in darkness and then they suddenly flip the light on, and they're pretending oh yeah well there's the science change but it did it. They just recognized that they were getting crushed and they're terrified and they're running scared and they changed everything overnight.
6: I just would find it remarkable. I mean, there's a part of me as I will be on a plane tonight because we are going to be in Houston uh, for the next few days and I'll be, uh, we'll be at our KTRH, our great affiliate there. Glenn Buck Show, number one in the market across all formats. And just, you know, it's pretty nice for the Houstonians who are supporting us and listening. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate that. And for those who will be coming out, uh, there'll be over a 1,000 folks, Clay, that'll be hanging out with us. Uh, there'll be barbecue, live music. We'll get on stage, say a few things about crushing commies, and then we'll be crushing some <laughs> beers, or in my case, Zima or something gluten-free. Ah, uh, um, tequila. You'll be close to yeah, tequila. Yeah, tequila. Well, you know, I don't want to get sloppy in front of our people. You know, the tequila comes out and party <laughs> block a lot happens. Of,
2: and, I bet a lot of our people will be getting sloppy. There's yeah, a lot of uh, reasons for celebration in the state of uh, Texas.
6: Uh, but I, I almost want to get on the plane tonight and just – I'm so curious – if the attitude, because it had been this militant, how dare you pull your mask down on the plane? We're going to kick you off the plane. We're going to ban you from flying this airline again. You almost wonder if you got on, you had your mask down. You're like, are we really going to do this, guys? Are we really? Ma- mask mandates are gone everywhere. We're really going to do this thing on the plane where we have to have a mask mandate? You know, they if, this, if the airline attendant, not supposed to say stewardess anymore, right? If the airline attendant came up to me and was like, look, I know the rule is dumb, but I, I could get in trouble. So would you mind just pulling it up? Then I'd be like, we're making progress. I'm not sure, though. I think this is a little bit now like the way it was on planes for a long time with a lot of, first of all, this stuff. would you wear a seatbelt? Oh, my God. The chance of you hitting your head on the ceiling from turbulence if you don't have your seatbelt on is, you know, this is like telling everybody to wear a helmet when they're driving in a car. I mean, it could happen. But anyway, a lot of stupid rules. You also don't
2: recognize if you have your seatbelt on on an airplane, Right. It's impossible not to know you have a mask on. Like yes. the seatbelt is rare is relatively innocuous in terms Hey, when we flew back from uh, Palm Beach uh Tuesday evening after we did our interview or I did, you went down to to further South Florida. The I got on my flight in Fort Lauderdale flying back and two of the flight attendants at the top of the front of the airplane, I don't know if I even I don't think I told this story on the air, uh came up and they said, "Hey, how was it?" And I said, Sorry, and they were like, we 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 saw that you were at Mar-a-Lago, and we're just about to sit down and listen to your interview with the president, uh, on Clay and Buck, when we got on the airplane, and then we saw you getting on the airplane, and I was like, well, it was amazing. It's great to hear. They like we love the show, and they said. And we agree with you about masks. And they said so many flight attendants. Now, this was Southwest Airlines. But they said so many flight attendants are 100% in agreement with you guys that this is madness. Uh, they said we hate having to go around. Uh, one of the flight attendants did and constantly police it. And so... I've noticed as they brought back alcohol and as they've got liquor back in the flow in the airplanes and everything else, there's very little in my experience now policing on Southwest Airlines, which is what I fly most of the time, where they're saying, hey, get that mask
6: up above your mouth. I don't see it happen very often. I do think that's a very that's a a positive indicator. I think there's been a little bit less meaning. I mean, I, I had someone I had an airline attendant midway through the pandemic tell me that my mask looked too thin. Yeah, of course. And made me change my mask. I mean, it wasn't, there were no holes in the mask. Right. My mask looked thin, put on a different. I mean, so people have been total psychopaths about this. I mean, that, that, there was a no time, doubt. and they would get away with it because that's a real sanction against somebody. If you're banned, you like Southwest. If you got banned from Southwest forever, that gets people's attention. But, you know, we really are, we've entered the crazy, the crazy phase now where everyone can see that masking on planes is stupid. Why does it still happen? It still happens because Democrats won't let it go. They're addicted to the power, the control. This is what their team does. This is how they show their compliance. And they're just emotionally, a lot of them are emotionally damaged by the pandemic, too, which I think it's interesting. Now, Joe Biden says, oh, the pandemic was so rough on people. The lockdowns were so rough on people, too. I would love to know. I'm just thinking about
2: it. Do South Does Southwest have more sane flight attendants than other airlines because they tend to be based in the Southeast more so, and so they would tend to have more red state employees would be my guess, and so they'd have more sanity than maybe your East or West Coast-based airlines might? I, I don't know the answer, but I'd be curious about that too. How do flight attendants vote in presidential elections and does who they are employed by matter? I tend to think Southwest people are probably Trump people.
6: We'll see. We'll see if I can get away with, you know, low-riding my mask beneath the nose tonight. We'll see. We'll We'll do a little test, see what happens. Hopefully, I don't get banned from Delta. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Clay and Buck from Houston tomorrow. Talk to you then.
5: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.